The handy is the first sex toy that's ever made me feel like there's a sure thing in the bottom drawer. If you have a dick, <laughs> you need this. And we've got a new promo code, so listen up. Use code BillyValentine21 for a $15 voucher to add an accessory to your bag at thehandy.com. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Hotmovies.com has long been an ethical and affordable place to hashtag pay for some of your porn. Now with Hot Movies Select, customers gain access to unlimited viewings of tens of thousands of additional films from all their favorite studios for the low, low price of $24.95. Visit HotMovies.com, click Select Unlimited, and use promo code MANHOR at checkout so they know who sent you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man or Podcast. Shout out to all the only Pams, the lonely mans, the Pelosi fans, and whoever it is that uses AVN stars. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Just got myself banned from uh, the AVN Awards. Good job, Billy. Please, uh, let me come back. <laughs> I want to return. It's fun. Hi. Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. Uh, this week on the pod, I have got on adult entertainer and president of APAG, which is the porn union. She's she's like the por she's porn's Jimmy Hoffa, Alana Evans, everybody. And she, you know, she's kind of she's tough like Jimmy too. Uh, I cannot wait to share with y'all in a little bit. We're gonna be talking about, you know, what the fuck has been going down with OnlyFans. But first, actually, you know, that's normally where I say like show dates, but you know, COVID. Uh but soon there will be show dates again. I'm actually very excited about it. Uh like I just I just booked my first stand-up set in over a year it's at the end of july and in trenton new jersey but <laughs> we're gonna start putting things on that calendar soon can't wait my i'm getting my second shot tomorrow um but but um i i i, I want to talk about something i want to share something with y'all i don't know who remembers this but like i think it was like 2015 there was this new york times article um that was put out uh this piece and it involved this experiment where they said if you stare into someone's eyes for four minutes you will fall in love with them and i think it was also like a study that involved asking each other like 36 questions and and the writer uses that as a through line in this piece about a date that she was on and it, it brings up the, the concept and idea of like love is not just this romantic thing we fall into 
it's not only an emotional bond that is earned, right? That like love can look differently. It can be differently. It can develop differently, right? And can develop from different motivations. Just this idea of that. And I thought that was really cool because I, you know, I went on my first date on last Thursday, my first one. Ah, yeah. Like I know I had some sexuals like throughout the COVID times, uh, here and there, but like I didn't go on any, I didn't go on dates. Uh, my day even included, you know, the day before a, a my first and fucking hope, hopefully the last, uh, zoom date. Oh, yeah. uh, thank God she's wonderful because I did not like this whole zoom date thing. I already don't know like where I'm supposed to look into the camera or at the screen. Am I looking at the screen or the camera? I, you know, am I making fake eye contact or am I trying to actually look and see what she's doing? If we're both looking at the camera, which would be making eye contact, then we're just no one seeing each other. Then why are we even on the FaceTime? Let's do a phone call. I matched with someone on Tinder. She's, she's very, she looked very hip, very cool. And she's got a, you know, she's like a bartender. She's got tats. She's got glasses. She looked like she picked out, not that the lady behind the counter at the glasses store picked out for you, but like she picked them for stylistic reasons. Um, she seems very cool. And at times we talked and joked about like all these pent up COVID emotions, how, you know, how likely they'll just explode upon the first willing recipient, you know, and we laughed about being emotionally irresponsible with each other until we stopped laughing. I I really enjoyed what the writer Mandy Len Catrone from the New York Times piece. I love the way she ended her piece. She wrote, I've begun to think love is a more pliable thing than we make it out to be. Arthur Aaron's study taught me that it's possible, simple even, to generate trust and intimacy, the feelings love needs to thrive. You're probably wondering if my date and I fell in love. Well, we did. Although it's hard to credit the study entirely, it may have happened anyway. But the study did give us a way into a relationship that feels deliberate. We spent weeks in the intimate space we created that night, waiting to see what it could become. Love didn't happen to us. We're in love because we each made the choice to be. So like, let me tell you what we did. We like, we built this container. So I laid in bed with this woman. We just started like affirming each other and validating each other. We just like saying these like the fucking most, the cutest, most disgusting, most like lovey dovey, but also sincere and accurate things we could say to each other. Because it started off with like, I just, I love the way you do this. I love the way you do that. So I love this about you. I love that. I'm loving this. I'm loving the way we are doing that. And, and it works its way to, I love you. And the other one says, I love you back. And then we didn't just stop and giggle. Like, oh, that was cute. We tried the thing. We, you know, we said the, I love you thing and stared into each other's eyes. And they're like, in that moment, I, I love this woman. I got to unconditionally love someone for a night. How fucking cool is that? And then we deconst- and then we just we collapsed the container like it's Burning Man. We say like this was wonderful. We had we shared this moment in this space and this time, and now that time is done. The circus tent comes down, and the most assuring thing for those of you who may be worried uh, for me or about me, twenty four hours afterwards, I didn't still think I was in love with this woman, but I but I did love her on that night in that room. And I really like her. And uh, don't roll your eyes at me. I know some of you are rolling your eyes, okay? But I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to be safe. I'm not going to 
not going to be an emotional idiot. I'm going to keep things in perspective. And it made me think of that New York Times article and what that, what that woman wrote at the end. Love can also be a choice. You're trapped in a cave as the world is about to end. You can choose to go out in that apocalypse loving another human being. Or you can go out scared. Anyway. Oh, I droned on for, what was that, like 18 minutes? I'm, I'm definitely going to have to cut that down. Uh, <laughs> probably won't edit this line out. But uh, before I get to this week's guest, everyone, Alana Evans. Folks, do you love truth or dare? Okay, well, how about truth or dare or dareer? Huh? Oh, you didn't know there was that one. Yeah, it's, it's just like the normal one. But if you choose dareer, it's going to be sexual. Yeah, we're stepping up our truth or dare uh, for this month's monthly man whore munch. That's going to be on March 26th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Play some truth or dare with some fellow fan whores. Pour a drink, roll a joint, um, light a light a crystal. If uh, Do you like crystals? I forget. Put some crystals out if you're a sober one. Uh, and, and come have some fun. Uh, that's going to be available to all of my $7 and up fan whores at patreon.com slash man whore podcast. Uh, January's truth or dare was quite the time. Quite the time. Don't miss out. Uh, and you know who I hope is at, uh, Truth or Dare or Dare? Uh, Aaron Melhuish. Yeah, quick fan or appreciation moment. Shout out to Aaron, our German firefighter abroad, right? Yeah, man. I'm so glad that you have uh, settled into the community so nicely. Aaron found us through our Discord server, which he was recommended from like a friend from a different server. And uh, now he's worked his way into the peep show and into our hearts. So Aaron, buddy, uh, thanks for being a member. Uh, thanks for enjoying the show. So, Alana Evans, some shit went down on the fans only. Now that things have uh, been at least simmering down a little bit, I thought Alana could come on and just explain what the fuck happened, what it means for online sex workers, what it means for you, uh, what you can do about it. Alana is a big Twitch streamer, by the way. Um, she's She was early on the, the titties out Twitch streaming, and she uh, we, we talked a whole ton about her and her gaming and her porn career uh, in a bonus episode that's coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. So if, uh, if you hear this and you're like, oh, I wish I learned more about Alana, Patreon bonus episode tomorrow. Go get that. Uh, all $5 and up fan whores will get access. But for now, let me give you that free, free access to the wonderful, the feisty Alana Evans. The scene, bedroom interior. Jeffrey is FaceTiming his partner who is still stranded in Czechoslovakia. It's 2021, but I don't know what country that would be called these days. Though they're poly, COVID-19 has forced them into situational long-distance monogamy. Oh no! Luckily for Jeffrey, his partner got him a handy and Jeffrey gave them his key code. Now using super slut sex tech, Jeffrey's partner can jerk him off from halfway around the world with just a smartphone and Wi-Fi connection and scene. Who wants to star in my movie? Huh? Maybe I should like, you know, sell video chats while I'll, you know, I'll quote unquote jerk you off for $5 a minute. If you give me your key code, folks, the handy is the hand job machine you didn't know you needed in your life. Get yours today, plus a voucher for a free accessory when you use code BillyValentine21 at thehandy.com. Yeah, I know it's a mouthful. I know I told them, but oh well, check the link in the show notes <laughs> for the link in the code. I see a post-vaccine era on the horizon. And altplayground.net is the lifestyle site you want to be on when it arrives. 
To quote esteemed friend of the pod, Andrea Allen, You're gonna be fucking, you're gonna be sucking, and fingering, and squirting, and dog collaring. Ah. <laughs> That's my Andrea Allen. And you'll want to be able to connect with like-minded sluts to help keep out the riffraff and the flakes. When you join altplayground.net, you'll find out the members aren't playing around. Prepare for your next nominat. Well, I mean, they they are just they're serious when they play around. You know, you know what the fuck I meant. Stop giving me shit. Prepare for your next non-monogamous adventure today at altplayground.net. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com, the pay-per-minute porn site featuring all your favorite porn stars doing all your favorite porn stuff. That's what I call it, porn stuff. And there, there's a reason I've worked with Hot Movies for this long. Okay, I think it's, I think we're at three years, my three-year anniversary now with Hot Movies. One, they give me so much free porn, and that is awesome. Score. Two, they offer state-of-the-art tools to discover not just videos you might like. They got search functions so specific, you'll find exactly what you need with your magical mix of keywords, okay? This isn't like when you go to certain tube sites and you type in what you think you want and you get like 10,000 results and only 12 are the ones you're into. Hot movies, they can sense it. They know what you need. And now they're offering their own monthly subscription model for the hardcore users. Now introducing Hot Movies Select Unlimited. For $24.95 a month, get unlimited access to and replays of thousands upon thousands of movies starring the likes of Sarah J, Shane Rollins, Charlotte Stokely, Carla Lane, and Mia Isabella, and so many more. So visit hotmovies.com, select unlimited, or buy a bundle of minutes to start. Make sure to use promo code MANHOR so they know who sent you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now let's get to the show. You know, are you are are we going? Are we going? Is it happening? Yeah, Sorry. let's go. I'll let yeah yeah. For, forget the con- yes, everyone. I'm here. Look, I don't. We don't got time for that. There's an emergency going on on the internet, and so we all need to talk right now um, with an advocate from uh, from APAG and adult performer Alana Evans. Thank you. Hey, it's great to finally be here with you. <laughs> Who I met, by the way, at my very first AVN. Do you remember? Oh, this? I totally did because I think we already knew each other through. Maybe we didn't already know each other through uh, Twitter, but you came up to me with the T-shirt on, and I remember telling you that was the best fucking name ever, ever. I'm all about you know. I've done radio for many, many years, and um, I like fun little titles that catch that people are going to be interested in, and that was definitely yours, absolutely. And that was that was my prototype <laughs> for my what would become my merch shirt, which says uh, I'm saving pegging for marriage. Yes, that's what it and was. And you, you pointed you pointed at me and you were like you, and I'm like, yeah, good, this worked. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that when I'm at a convention, you know, and you're surrounded by people. And that year, um, I'm pretty sure it was the year that the Trump stuff hit. 
And so I, I literally spent my whole time at that convention talking to reporters. They, they blocked my little podium the whole time. And so my poor fans would come by. But when there's a giant TV camera in my face, they're like, oh, I'll come for Alana later, literally. And um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was exciting, but it was kind of sad because, you know, the, the TV crews took up a lot of my time as opposed to, you know, my fans. But it was because... And, and, and the fans are where the money's at for you. Like, it's fun to be on TV, but at the end of the day, you're at that convention, you're like, yo, I need to make a certain amount because I paid X for this. So I thanks for the TV time, but can I please go back to selling, you know, my nudes for 20 bucks you No, know, actually, so I'm not that girl. This is going to sound crazy, but when you're in Vegas, that shit doesn't sell. You're not going to make any money on it. And so, and, and girls will sell to take photos with them and... I have been in porn since 1998. So my first show was not AVN. AVN wasn't a convention. It was the awards show at the end of the week. I've been here since we were a part of CES. And that, man, these girls don't know shit. We would have lines with 30 dudes deep waiting to get photos. And everything was paid for. And we were paid a daily rate. And our hotels were paid for. Now, please we got to pay for ourselves we're lucky if we get a booth spot because you've done porn long enough you remember when there was craft service yes and they were delicious (laughs) (laughs) see that's that to me is like the marker of like you know where things are at i remember i think it was laney spicer i think she was the one who told me look if everyone who consumed porn which is basically everyone put a hundred dollars just a year into the industry whether tipping directly, buying clips, subscription, whatever it is, that like y'all could have craft services again. And I was like, I want them to have pastries. I do. The thing is, though, (laughs) I truly doubt the producers would be like, oh, a hundred bucks a year for each one of them? That's going to go right into my pocket. My back one needs some padding. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Alana, do you want to kind of give yourself a better introduction than I could probably give and explain like who you are, what you do, and uh, you are the president of APAG, and you could also tell us what APAG is before we get into the uh, this alleged apocalypse. Uh, Yes, my name is Alana Evans. I've been a uh, gutter whore since 1998. (laughs) Hell yeah. What is a gutter whore? So, you know, there are different levels of porn. You have your foofy, you know, all the way at the top, you got your foofy mainstream films. And mainstream in my time used to mean the big Hollywood me- movies. Now that apparently just means porn because there's so many other factions of porn now. But, you know, back then, as you mentioned, we had craft services. So uh, a gutter girl was someone who did the Gonzo movies. Uh, I was I was a yes girl. I didn't really say no to things, but also I never really put myself in a position where I would need to say no. Back then, we were all really aware of what we were doing when we got to set. There was no middleman, you know, cock blocking information because God forbid a girl gets there and doesn't want to do what she's booked for. You know, back then there was just so much more communication um, because it wasn't all about somebody else getting a piece of your money. The directors wanted to make sure that you knew what you were doing um, and that you were happy about what you were doing because let's be real, that's a better product. So I am 100% a gutter girl. I am proud of it. Um, I've done all sorts of some of the most, um, I would say, 
dirty scenes. I, I could use the word extreme, but only because I was an extreme associates contract girl. But the level of extreme in the late 90s and early 2000s does not match the level of extreme now. Like if I walked onto a set with some of these dudes that pull their extreme level of porn, I'd probably stab them with the end of my heel in their eye. <laughs> because some of it for these guys is just so gnarly and I'm, oh God, no way. Uh-uh, we would fight. What, 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 was, it, what was an extreme back then and what's the extreme oh, now? Beautiful. Extreme back then would be that we would peg a guy, which was something no one ever did. That was violence against men. (laughs) (laughs) Or one of my favorite scenes, I don't remember who the guy was, and uh, we were doing doggy, and my head was in a dryer. Or the time that I had sex with Monique. And uh, the oven's open. It's not on, you know, because, ow. But our head would be in the (laughs) oven. Or another time, Rob, I don't know what they were thinking. And I'm pretty sure I I did say no to this scene. Um, They had set up a kiddie pool full of milk with, like, floating pieces of meat in it. And the smell alone (laughs) would make you gag so uh i did one time do a scene for uh jim powers um it starred god what was her name oh she was so fucking beautiful too she's still around really hot blonde it'll come to me later and then i'll be like yeah that girl um we played aliens and i had blue paint head to toe in my hair all over my body and um we had to shoot colored milk Brianna Banks, I knew it would come to me. Brianna Banks was the star and supposed to be playing this ethereal virgin. And we all shot butt milk out of our asses onto her. Of course, after enemying like many, many, many times to make sure it was clean because I wasn't going to be that bitch. And I think there was one girl and we all harassed her. Uh, chocolate milk. <laughs> totally. So stuff was pretty gross and, and just weird back then. But now... So how could it get more extreme? Well, now guys hit the girls. You know, yeah, it's that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's not sexy. You don't need to beat the crap out of the chick on camera for guys at home to get off. And if you do, there might be something wrong with that. That's my personal opinion here. And I don't tell people that they can't do things. But yeah. But Alana's is not going to be shooting those scenes. Hell that's no. Yeah. And, you know, I watch out for the girls that don't want to shoot them that end up in those positions. But there's girls who like it. And, you know, that's that's their choice. Which which kind of leads into you know your work with yes. APAG. You are the president of. Uh, we changed is, the is name, the... so it's confusing. Okay. Um, we were originally the Adult Performers Actors Guild, and then when we separated from our mother union, Hallelujah, uh, we changed our name and continued our advocacy work, uh, getting our new paperwork with the Department of Labor. So now we are known as the Adult Performance Artists Guild. We went with that name because with AB5. Oh, but it's the, it's the same. It's the same acronym. Yes. Oh, you don't have to. So you don't have to change a ton of. Because the acronym <laughs> itself is not trademarked by the butthead sitting at the top of the other group. And we've been doing this work for five years. We do all the work. And so at that point, it mm-hmm. was like when things went bad with our mother union and we were like, we are out of here 
like, kind of like an abusive wife leaving the home. Mm. Um, we packed all our shit and all our people and off we went, you know, and just decided looking into the trademark laws and the rules about it that the full title was trademarked, um, but not the acronym itself. And then there's like mm -hmm. five other things that call themselves APAG that have nothing to do with porn. So it made it easier for us. Fantastic. And what does APAG do? It's, it's kind of easier to list what we don't do. <laughs> so as a labor organization, we are 100% a union. Uh, we organized performers to create collective bargaining agreements within the different companies. And so we are... We are your advocate, really. We have performers who come with us, uh, come, <laughs> come to us. <laughs> it's okay. Get Freudian it out. Slips. Get it out. <laughs> uh, you know, they come to us when they have issues with companies, with producers, with agents. Gosh, we can help people uh, with health insurance. Um, we do the legal stuff, collective bargaining. So do y'all have like minimum, like minimum set pays, like, like company to company? So kinda? with the companies, the first level of, uh, issues that we adapted or dealt with had a lot to do with technical issues, um, support, which is kind of a weird word because usually companies have support and models can contact them. But so many companies are just so lacking in their support teams that when there's an issue that deals with so many of our members, I can pick up the phone, I can send an email, I get a reply from these company owners instantly because what they don't want are girls to drag them or, or men to drag them on Twitter. So that was kind of a big part of what we were able to actually do. Get in front of these companies, open the doors to conversation, fix things, soothe things. We've been able to get guaranteed percentages for specific companies with our performers, stuff like that, like getting around certain mm. cam companies, low rates to going through uh, specific white labels set up for us that allow those members to guarantee that percentage and not be you know, hit with coupons like some of these cam companies like to do um, uh, when there's uh, hacks or leaks of content or information. We're able to go straight to the companies to work that out, find out what the leak was, come back to our community and tell them what's going on. So as we continue to organize and continue to grow, our abilities grow with it. But also... We do things that people would never expect for us to do because this is my family. I myself pulled mm -hmm. out my wallet and paid for dozens of gallons of water to get to performers that didn't have access to it. Um, we've helped performers get a brand new bed. That was last week and I was really happy for him because he had been sleeping yeah. on the floor. Prior to that, we've helped models that had emergency issues and needed molar surgery or somebody's getting evicted out of their house or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So we will rally the community together yeah. to pull funds together to be able to help people. We've stepped in between situations where we could tell that a performer was being trafficked. You know, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's all hands on deck. So it's not just like a union, like what unions we think of doing, but there's a community aspect to it that you may not always see in, you know, the, 
you know, the plumbers union. And if any plumbers are listening and you take a, you let me know. I'd love to know if plumbers are gathering together when one's having a struggle. That'd They're be laying cool. the pipe. Um, <laughs> so, so something you, uh, you, you've done as, as president recently was you were sounding the alarm about an upcoming article about OnlyFans. You were telling performers to cash out. I cashed out and, and the article has since dropped and there's been like some fallout from it. So why don't you, why don't you tell us what you were warning people about, and then we can get into what actually this article was and what it was about and, and how it had effects. So a little backstory. We've been helping performers for the last two years recover OnlyFans accounts. Um, obviously, we do that with Instagram as well. But with OnlyFans, it's very different. And it started. it started in one level where, oh, there's this problem and... This is happening to people's pages. Oh, that's right. It started at they're advertising their escorting services on Twitter or other social media. OnlyFans shut down their page. And so that was the first wave of, wait, this girl's not doing that. What are you talking about? And then boom, her page gets reactivated because I helped. And all of her money was still there. All of the subscribers, nothing gone. Then the next level when that kind of stopped happening was, oh, every Everybody's committing fraud and they're stealing and it's stolen credit cards. So we're taking all their money and closing their accounts. And I'm just over here scratching my head going, okay. Then the next problem became uh, paperwork and share for share. And oh no, if, if the person that you're in the content with isn't also tagged on OnlyFans, they have to open an OnlyFans account. Otherwise, guess what? We're locking your page. Um, OnlyFans actually sends people to use our 2257 paperwork and our model releases for people that don't know that is the legal requirement by the government for us to prove who we are and prove that we are over the age of 18 and that we have agreed to be in the content that's being filmed. And in that model release, we agree to it being posted anywhere and everywhere. We agree to it being um, able to be resold so all of that is in this nifty little legal document. So the last round of accounts oddly just being stolen and the money being taken back was that, oh, you've got to have a special video of the person you shot the scene with that says that they will allow this to be on OnlyFans. Like the like the pre-interview videos we see sometimes in, in like mainstream Right, porn. but it has to say OnlyFans. And they were closing, locking accounts and taking their money. And so for me, this person, and just to make this very clear, I make half my income on OnlyFans. So for me, this was a matter of always helping to negotiate my contact at OnlyFans as someone that I've known for 15 years. This is my homie. So we're working together to one, help the platform, keep things right because no one wants OnlyFans to go anywhere. And then two, help the performers so they're not getting fucked over and their money stolen because the problem for me was every single time an account got, brack, got brought back online, no matter how long it had been gone, in some cases it had been a month or two months, all the money was still there. It wasn't refunded. Yeah, they can't take No, that. they can't. They say that they're closing the accounts and refunding all the money. But we have customers oh. that never got their money back. And so at that point, when you can literally trace all those steps and you see what's going on, it absolutely raises the flags of, 
what the fuck is going on? And it's not $200 they're taking. It's thousands upon thousands of dollars. And if you don't come to me, you're not getting help. If you don't come to say Amberly, you're not going to get help because OnlyFans support basically says na 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 boo boo fuck you and they don't reply. You can't say they're not doing shady shit when they're outright taking performers money and then hiding and then not replying. And OnlyFans knows that they're doing this shit. My boy over there knows they're doing this shit because I've had to come to them dozens of times over it. Mm -hmm. So why does it keep happening? If you're not just taking their money, why does this keep happening? So that brings me right to what happened this weekend. Um, I got hit up. I don't even remember what day it was because the day has just been one very long day, week anyway. And I was outright told that they were being investigated. And then I see one of these suspicious activity reports. And at that point, it's just one. And when you... What's a suspicious activity report? It's very central to what this article exactly. is doing. So a suspicious activity report is when something is happening within your bank accounts that the banks think is sus. And so they will file a document listing all the different things about the actual movement of the money. And then that gets sent to the feds. It gets sent to the IRS. It's them saying, hey, there's something happening here and we don't like it. So it starts. And, it, and, it, and more than we don't like it, it's more it, it and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because remember, I'm a dumb comedian with a fuck show. But it seemed to be that it's uh, it's not just, hey, we see something might be wrong. It's, hey, feds, if this is what we think it could maybe kind of be, we don't want to be held responsible. So we're bringing it to your attention we're not going to take action. It's a very vague, very non-committal, very low low threshold of evidence type of document. It's simply like this seems suspicious. Maybe you look into it, maybe you don't, but we just want to make sure we've covered our ass as a bank, right? Um Yes and no, because a lot of investigations come from that. And when you're mm. talking $56 million just on one, Another one was okay. 260 something million. And what the documents detailed was that money was being received and then being sent out like you would normally pay bills, except that money was coming back with more money on top of it. If you're sending money out to pay bills, it should not be coming back with more money added to it. That's what caught their attention is, and they straight up accused them of money laundering in these documents. It is totally laid out. And so... And then, of course, there's the mention in the top paragraph and the bottom paragraph that it's very possible that this money is being sent to areas that are prevalent where children are underage children, was the word, uh, and others are potentially being forced into this material. So the president of a union where I know that women use OnlyFans like a bank account they leave the money in there. They let it build up. It's exciting. It's like, ooh, I've hit thousands of dollars. Look at that. Let me cash out. Or maybe it's a situation where, and I've even been told this, some of the girls leave their money in the account so that other people in their lives can't touch it. Boyfriends, things mm -hmm. like that. So they leave it there. And because I've had so many people just have access to their accounts just gone, and this is coming down the pipe, and I've seen the document and one document turned into five over a decade's time that what I saw totaled $469,776,481. Mm. 
Mm. When this is money that we're like, this is a sus- the a total amount of money that has had suspicious activity. exactly, and that the banks are accusing okay. them of laundering. And like I said, in the paperwork, right. it it says that they're accusing right. them of laundering this money, and. And this and this uh, this this journalist, I I don't know. I'm using I'm giving Ben for the doubt because I've been a journalist, I've been an editor, so I'm I'm not gonna call him a, a whatever until I actually know more. But uh, this guy Scott Stedman at Forensic News got a hold, to, went to look at. I think they're public record. He maybe, had like, to do an actual FOIA for them. He had to he had file to all the paperwork. It. So that stuff all has very gnarly federal laws attached to it. You know. Okay. But he he discuss, he went out and, and sought out these documents and he wrote this article uh, titled Banks Flagged OnlyFans Owner and His Businesses for Potential Money Laundering Underage Activity. And he put out this article and, and, and you're quoted in it, uh, which means you were, you know, you were aware of what's going to of what the article might be about he took tweets. When, when you got hit. So up. I would not. So when he came our way, I, I would not okay. give him a quote. I don't want to be in your story. Okay. I was like, you can go look at Twitter. There's plenty of stuff there, but I am not giving you a quote. Nope, nope, nope. Because it's not gotcha. my interest to be a part of such a nasty, nasty alarm causing article like this. I don't need press. I do my job. Press comes to me. I'm not actively seeking it out because I don't need the attention for what I do. I just do it, you know? Sure. But but now you're aware like, oh, yes. there's a big article going to drop and you put out this video saying, hey, everybody, uh, cash your shit out because like just to be safe. And then this article drop. And then, by the way, before it comes out everyone's freaking i'm seeing everyone freaking out on twitter i'm seeing people say things about this writer i'm saying a lot of things being thrown out there the article hasn't even come out yet which i had an issue with in as much as you can't criticize something you haven't read because you haven't read it yet it might very well be all the things you think it's going to be and the appropriate time to say all that is after you've read it to say it beforehand makes you sound alarmist. It discredits the opinion that might be valid otherwise once you've read it. So it's like, I thought everyone should have been like, let's wait, let's cash out and let's see what this thing Thank is. Thank you. It all starts with a very careful tweet that I post on the union page. And it was, hey, do you use those platforms? You know, those ones that we can just keep our money in and you can cash out whenever you want. You should cash out pretty regularly. In fact, you should just go cash out right now. Yeah, that was my first message. Not alarming, not anything crazy, no drama, just it's a good practice. And then, of course, I pick up the fucking phone and I call all my OnlyFans manager friends. I tell them exactly what I saw. 100% they know what it is. I told them things that I couldn't put on Twitter because they're managing anywhere from 10 to 60 girls. And I told them, cash out and just stay on top of cashing out this week because the fear was when the story hits with the mention of underage children in the fucking paperwork that here's going to come exodus cry and all this shit's going to happen because we've already seen it happen. So it stayed very calm at that level. And then... The people that found out that way, they decide to run to Twitter. Not seeing the proof, not seeing the evidence, not really knowing what they're talking about. And then it starts this path where you've got several people saying, well, I got on good info that we should do this. So just do it. Meanwhile, I'm telling everyone, don't put this in writing. Just pick up the phone. Just call your friends. Just tell them. Don't post on Twitter. 
don't do that. But so many people, and I don't mean the ones that got dragged this week. Um, so many people just want to be the ones to have the breaking scoop. They want to be in the know. They want the retweets. They want the retweets. They want the, they want the, they likes. Want the likes. And so I saw a tweet. Is it, is that dangerous, by the way, when like an entire industry is freaking out on Twitter and they don't even know what they're freaking out about of yet? Of course. It's horrifically dangerous because it starts the avalanche. It starts the panic. And that's why so many people defended me this week. Because when you look at my messages, not once did I incite panic. I was not being crazy about it. I was being so very careful because I didn't want to, you know, set our whole planet on fire. And so... Was is would fire? Sorry to interrupt, but would fire is an example of fire that OnlyFans could start seeing all this chatter on Twitter about this, and then be like, "Oh fuck, there's about to be a mass exodus of withdrawals all at once. We now need to change our rules again and limit what the withdrawals can be while we figure shit out." Is that like a potential thing that could have? You know, happened? we weren't worried about that because OnlyFans has millions of users. And if you've got 5,000 people that go cash out, OnlyFans should be able to handle that because our balances are always roving. The moment the money is in there, they should be prepared. It's no different than everyone going to the bank on payday. So that whole idea of causing a bank run was ridiculous and just outright stupid because OnlyFans makes, they're worth two billion dollars you know they have a constant influx of cash creators like myself going to cash out the same way we would any other time should not cause a panic on the company unless there's something wrong unless there's something okay. going on you know so that whole idea was just stupid i'm just gonna say it it was what? it was dumb was there anything in the article that you didn't expect to see in the article? Um, so the article took three days to come out before once we were warned. And that caused a lot of the drama in itself. Um, I actually had people calling me a liar that it didn't exist, that I was doing this because I have a beef with OnlyFans. And I'm just like, oh, you guys are stupid. You all are going to look so dumb when this happens. And so it finally comes. Now, the sad thing was... I had been pressuring him. We did not have contact. Someone else was giving me this information. I didn't finally talk to him until like probably Tuesday of this week, maybe. Um, and at that point, it was him trying to get a comment and me going, mm -mm, I ain't giving you no comment, but you could go get tweets. But no, 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 you're not putting my name welcomely in this article because I'm not down for that. So when he put it out, I was like, you better get this shit out because we're drowning here because of the fear that you incited in us with this information. And so he put it out. Oh, man, it was a day celebrating sex workers. And that was just bad timing. It wasn't done on purpose. And people accused him of it being done on purpose. It, it wasn't. It was because I wouldn't at that point, I wouldn't leave him alone of what are you doing? Are you dragging this out because it's fun? I mean, as, as a former editor in chief, I can I could take many guesses. There's fact checking has to happen. You go through legal. Your proof. I mean, there's a simple proof editing. There's the actual writing of it. There's a lot of things you're getting graphics made. So like when you was like, oh, it took three whole days. I'm like, unless it's time sensitive, which it wasn't because he's alleged allegedly breaking a big story. Um, there's a lot that goes yeah. into that. So the fact that there's, but the problem is when everyone's expecting this article, there's a lot of anticipatory anxiety. And for all, you know, for those days, I just watched on Twitter, 
people be worried about something and not knowing exactly what to worry about, which only makes them worry. Yeah, and then I had people coming at me saying, post your documents. Whoa. Not my documents. They're not my documents. First of all, I can't scoop this writer. Me already sounding the alarm bells was enough. Um, I can't post the documents because I'm not the one who submitted the FOIA paperwork. I'm not the one who got them. It is absolutely a federal crime to leak it. I can't. I couldn't. So I took the shit. I took the grief. I was just like, we're just going to wait and see how this plays out. He finally drops it. Thousands of people that came to me once it was finally out and saw what it was and saw what caused the concern um, thanked me again and again. But the other problem that was actually happening for the first time ever was when models and at least 12 of them had this happen when they went to cash out, their banks rejected their deposit and they had to actually go into their branches and prove that they were people. Prove with 1099s, with past OnlyFans statement deposits from their banks to show that they're an actual person and not some sort of trafficking victim. One woman had to answer the type of questions that you would answer if you were trying to check your credit. It was crazy. And so then those people that spoke out kind of adding to there is something happening right now. Those people were attacked. They were told, no, it's just your bank. And these these people are saying, this has never happened to me. And it's a very strange coincidence that it's happening right now to this group of people. And, you know, my attitude was just leave them alone. And so at that point, I'm like, welcome to the union. This is what happens when you have information. People might not want to hear it um, and they will just pounce on you. It's a it's a huge mob mentality. Again, same five people all the time. The main people that were coming for me were people that always come for me when something happens and they think it's going to be a cancel Alana party. And no, it's not. It's absolutely not because they do too much to cancel me over something that was simply just me trying to carefully warn people. I had to make the video because of the hysteria that was happening with other people on Twitter because they only had a little bit of information. People are automatically connecting it to um, the, you know, Christoph story and Pornhub, assuming that it was CSAM material specifically that was being talked about. That's why I did the video. And then at that point, trying to be, yes, as vague as fucking possible, that's not going to get me sued, that's not going to get me in trouble, you know, or have uh, the company owner, Leo, go, I'm going to come get Alana. Sorry, not interested in that kind of heat. But for me, it was more of, if I don't say anything and I just go cash out myself and I watch my own money and then it gets out later that I knew about this, and I didn't tell anyone, my head would be on a stake like it's Lord of the motherfucking flies. So I had to do what I did. I'm always very careful about it. I was careful with the words that I chose to not cause hysteria. But of course, at any point when you hear someone might be breaking the law and it's everyone's income for the most part, I had to do something. Yeah, absolutely. So, so contents of the article. Is there anything else in there besides that besides these SARs 
these suspicious activity reports where you were like, oh, I didn't even I didn't realize that was going on. Or was everything in the article stuff that you either could have guessed or already knew? Obviously, I knew about the concerns about performer having their money stolen. That was clear to me because sure. I've been working on that for two years. So so the article did tie these SARs to are they maybe shun down accounts so they could keep the money? That is that what the article suggests? I think there was a little bit of that. The article was kind of all over the place. And then there were... It, it, that's the thing. It's like the article itself felt weird to me. Like editorially, if I was, if someone came to... The way I felt was if, if, I, if I was the editor and someone came to me with this pitch, show me what they had, I think I would have gone... I don't know. I think you need a little bit more something like you think you need something else that's concrete because everything in that article seemed to be conjecture other than there does exist these SARs. Right, right. Um, it felt like a nothing burger. To yeah. Me. And, you know, the thing is, Christoph's story, when we compare it to that and some of the people that are in. Do you want to tell people oh, what okay. Christoph's story is just briefly, so, just so they know? Three months ago, a writer. We're talking about the New York Times yes. article? Uh, three months gotcha. ago, a writer with the New York Times, uh, his last name is Christoph, um, put out a piece, the victims of Pornhub. Mm -hmm. And they were different people that had claimed that their content, but I shouldn't even use the word content, shame on me, that's not appropriate, um, that footage of them being abused was uploaded to Pornhub, ac ac accusations, and that they couldn't get the content removed according to them and that they've contacted Pornhub, you know, 10 times over and oh, they're being tough, continually yeah. abused. Um, so that's what that story was about. But when and that one had more like concrete because you had these actual victims actually speaking to a reporter. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, victims or not, it's, again, all allegations because some of those cases, you know, there's some that pop up along the way that have a lot of people questioning the validity to them because there's just no evidence. There's no court cases. There's no proof. There's nothing other than a couple of these people saying that something happened to them. They can't provide documents that they contacted Pornhub. They can't provide any of these things. At this point, it's just a story. If that was me and I said, hey, everybody, this happened to me and, oh, my God, I was roofied and raped at a famous singer's house and they did all these horrible things to me and, oh, my God, there's evidence and proof. I'm not going to get help. I could have DNA and everything. I'm not going to get help. So for us, what world do we live in where one person who has absolutely zero concrete evidence can say all of this shit and not be able to prove it and they're automatically believed, including by the Canadian Parliament, you know, so... It's very double-sided. It's, it's very shifty. And they will pick and choose which victims are important. They will pick and choose which victims they will listen to without any evidence at all. And so Christoph's story caused such a backlash. This is a news article. That's exactly what it is. No, no different than what, you know, Stedman wrote. And it, the hell that it caused in one day, we lost payment processors, um, I'm going to say it. Many vids lost their payment presser too. Uh, Be uh, Bella French told us this during the meeting that she had with myself, my VP, and Amberly. Uh, she said that the same time that Pornhub lost their processors, so did many vids. It's why they had to get a new processor that was charging $2 and up to get their money. So it had a mass effect. I knew about the many vids thing from a week a meeting that we had before all of this. So when he comes this way, and I know all these companies lost their processing and it sent us reeling. Um, 
We saw legis. And everyone thought this was going to happen with OnlyFans in the wake of this new article. Like, oh, fuck. Another one, too. Another harder way to get my money. Um, Here we fucking go again. And again, like, Stedman, I'm... I would say I would be upset with him from an editorial standpoint in that, like, this doesn't feel like good journalism. But it's like, if the owner's name's Leo of OnlyFans, if the stuff that they're saying about Leo were true, and Stedman reported these, like, you're not supposed to get mad at the journalist. Be mad at the person breaking the law. Everyone was mad at be him. Be mad at some... Yeah, like, you could be mad at Stedman for, like, being a poor journalist, but, like, it's not like he... like. It's not a tool. I've read articles where someone claims they're a journalist and it's clearly them just trying to like make an attack. And even if he's made attacks otherwise in the past, this was, I thought, a poorly written, a poor, a poor piece of journalism, but journalism. Right. So it's like, don't get mad at the guy just trying to, to trying to do his job reporting. Be mad at the person who might be actually committing massive fraud. Totally. And with what we're looking at and all the accounts I've had to deal also, with. Also, Leo, if you're listening, please don't discontinue my OnlyFans, though. Like, I really need it right now. <laughs> and please don't kill us, okay? I do not want to go floating in a river. And that's something else that people have to understand. When you're, you know, wading through these pools of crazy, sure. there's always this fear that, is something going to happen to me because I'm speaking out? Is is there going to be a lynch mob outside of my door ready to drag me down the street? Am I going to go missing at the next convention? People don't understand what is involved, you know, or the fear that we have. And so because of how bad the Kristoff story went with the New York Times, when this shit came my way, it was... Okay, we got to find a way to tell people very fucking carefully so that we don't have another shit show mm. this week and everyone loses access to their money. The prob Also this 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 outlet Forensic Science the- I've never fucking heard of it. And honestly, when I saw everyone screaming about it even before it came out, I'm like I don't think this article would have gotten pickup anywhere if y'all had just not said anything so- cuz like it's you know, it's like I feel like be- I feel like performers may have made the article bigger than it would have otherwise been. I I could go along with that, except the fact that the first article that he wrote that was Mm -hmm. his big thing about, you know, all of his information about Leo the first time, that went everywhere and every single person that I know read and saw the article. Should news stories like this, whether it's Kristoff's or this one from Stedman or whomever, should this dissuade fans who do use those platforms to pay models that they very much enjoy? No, we need your money. We need every dollar of it. We, but like, let's say, let's say I'm a, let's say I'm a fan. I'm an Alana Evans fan. I'm on her only fans. Right. And then, and then I see this article and I think, oh, either I guess I should pay her on a different platform or for some reason I don't know of another one or don't like the other one. I guess <laughs> I just won't. Like, what? how should a, how should a fan, um, what should they take away from this news? I think that it should actually make them more aware of the things that we deal with. And so when it's time for legislation to come their way that they're voting on, that they keep us in mind because what we're seeing right now are multiple bills being introduced in front of the Senate and the House um, and then individual state bills that are so yeah. hyper-focused on porn and in the name of saving the children utah just finished passing it through their state legislature waiting for a governor's signature the other day where it's like now that one's i think uh you have to like register blockers on every device that is purchased and here's the thing 
you know, they just made it a lot harder for the residents of Utah to now buy these devices. Utah is one of those states where they're filled with Mormons (laughs) who marry children at 12 years old. And the last bill that we saw introduced, a Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act, had Sissia. I like to call it Sissy. Um, If that had gone through, (laughs) the language in that bill uh, referred back to state law as far as consent. It would have made it legal to film all those little married brides in the state of Utah. So they're more concerned about blocking you to intimate material that you can view on your phone than stopping grown ass men banging 12 year olds. Get the fuck out of here like that's how i feel but then again then you got and i forget if it was wyoming or which state but it was like a very rurally state performance but then, prostitution uh, <laughs> right right but there was this other one where this other state bill where like you say that you this stuff is good for fans to become aware so that it's when their time to step up they step up and i don't know if you read about that one he's a republican state rep uh and they were trying to do some sort of anti-porn legislation. He raised the question. He's like, How? I think it was like making it a new crime to like do things for money for like on camera purposes. And he was like, would this affect someone who had an OnlyFans? That's right. And, and the legislature, by the way, they all looked at him like, we don't even, wait, what's an OnlyFans? Or I'm going to pretend I don't know what an OnlyFans is. And and he did. And they, they did fix they did. it. And they fixed this. I mean, it's a shitty bill. Yes. It's a shitty anti-porn bill. But they did add a clause in there to make sure that someone who needed to make an OnlyFans during the pandemic. Yeah, they made it so that if you were in the same location with the person, then at that point, it would be a crime. So if it was broadcast through the Internet, it wouldn't be a crime. And it was a smaller um, uh, council, if you will, within that state. So it wasn't like the state of Wyoming. We're literally talking about like a city council that decided to outlaw this in their town. Maybe I think because they were having a problem problem with a specific location that may it was one girl it was one gal you know becky keeps inviting dudes over and she jerks off in front of them and we gotta stop becky from doing it uh for some dumb reason but but the idea the the important part of me bringing that was just that like it's on someone's mind and the more we talk about it hopefully it it makes people keep thinking of it when the important time comes um, I think that most people, I didn't know until a few years ago, I've been doing the show seven years. I only found out a few years ago that, you know, y'all sometimes just lose a bank account just for existing. Exactly. Just like, they like, nothing's wrong. It's under my real name. And all of a sudden they find out that I do porn and I may not even get paid through porn at that bank, but they'll just, we don't want to be associated with a porn person. Bank of America. I didn't know that was real. Bank of America was doing it. Uh, Chase was totally doing it. Um, a couple of other, like, um, I can't remember if it was City Branch, but one of those other more business type banks were mm-hmm. doing it because we had something called uh, o- Operation Choke Point, I think it was called, um, which was actually a government uh, rule. Such a kinky government rule, right. though. What, what a kinky name for... It allowed <laughs> banks to deem if users were high risk simply for maybe an industry that they worked in or some activity and then just completely block them out mm-hmm. of uh, having a bank account. This year, the... And this is where you guys know and, and see, wow, Alana really does her homework. The Office of the Comptroller of the Currency had... Ended that rule. Operation choke point ended under Trump, but they were still continuing the practices of it. 
this gentleman said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to put blankets on people because of the fields that they work in or maybe the places that they live or because of who they are. It's going to go to an individual basis. So now what you do specifically as a person is what will affect your account if you're fucking up or bouncing checks or Mm -hmm. maybe they found out that you are doing some sort of criminal activity. That's going to be you. You're not going to be punished for the other people that are doing it. And then, of course, Biden comes into office. He freezes it because that's apparently what new presidents do and they want to make sure everything that is good before it's moving forward. So we're waiting for him to unfreeze this decision because it is really going to help us move forward in the fight against occupational discrimination. That is APAG's big fight this year. Um, We definitely branded it before things started going chaotic because I've been in this industry for 23 years. I am absolutely sick and tired of being discriminated for what I do. I have dealt with it with my kids' schools. I have dealt with it with banks. I've dealt with it in other places trying to get a job. And I mean, like, to the point to where people will come to you and offer you an opportunity and then go, oh, yeah, wait, you, you're you in porn. No, we're not going to give you that job now. And I'm going, you came to me. I did not seek you out. <laughs> I stay in my lane. I know that there's fields of work I will never be able to go into. Did you just professionally neg me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So for us, there's so many levels of it. And then, you know, I've been studying these cases for several years now. It's been a big thing that I've done since I became president of the union where there are laws here in California. It's called the UNRWA Act, which makes it um, so that. And it, OK, so the, the UNRWA Act is from the 60s of a time when they would put signs outside of restaurants in the window that said whites only or outright said no blacks allowed. This law established that you did not have to actually go in and try to get a cup of coffee and then get the shit beat out of you um, to be discriminated against. The sign itself is discriminatory. So we're looking at that law saying, well, wait a minute. You can't just say that I can't be here because I'm a porn star. You're violating my rights. So there was a recent case that took that law because now we have the internet and we have everything online and, you know, Instagram where they're knocking us out because of who and what we are all the time. They got California Supreme Court to say, oh, no, that that law affects online businesses, too, not just brick and mortar. So it's taking a while for the laws to catch up to actually start protecting us. So I know my shit. I know it like the front and the back of my hands. So when something like this with OnlyFans comes down the pipe and it's a potential fear that we're all going to get our money locked away and We need to pay bills. We need to pay rent. We got to feed our kids. I need to buy diapers, not me personally, but you know, those types of things. We really have to stay on top of what they're doing because in any moment, they're waiting to rip the rug out from underneath us. It's like they like it. I want to, I want to ask you um, a bit about what the takeaways should be. What's the takeaway from all this for fans, for performers? And for the industry, which I guess we could call the the higher ups, the ones who own a platform or run platforms, what should each of those types of people be taken away from the past week? I think for the fans, 
you know, they came and asked, are you going to stay on OnlyFans? Are you going to be on the platform? Of course, we're all staying there. We're not leaving until the problem affects us directly. That's just kind of how we all operate. You know, we're all just trying to survive and pay our bills. I think fans should follow the lead of their performer, follow the lead of the people that they're supporting and feel it out at that sense. And of course, always pay attention to sex worker related um legislation and support us use your voice call your senators call your local council members stay on top of it because we need you we need your help to keep things safe for us because if this shit happens we're all out on the streets if i can't pay my bills through sex work no one is going to give me a job ever i'm homeless everyone's going to be a gutter yes. whore uh they're <laughs> absolutely and so as far as performers i just go back to community if someone is trying to give you information don't attack don't behave irrationally stay calm. A lot of the hysteria came from other people pounding onto the hysteria with their own anger and hysteria. And so at that point, I just want you to know that I am I am not answering a phone sex call for you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, right? I, I need I, that the, platform, does, does man. The clock, <laughs> does the clock start at $2 a minute right now for me <laughs> to make up? I charge six. Anyway, <laughs> um, so performers... It's, it's really just stay calm and, and wait and see. Um, it, it really went because everyone wanted to be a part of the news. Everyone wanted to be a mm -hmm. part of the action. That That's why it went out. Um, mm -hmm. As far as the head honchos, they need to be aware that we're paying attention. They need to keep their noses clean. They need to operate their businesses professionally while respecting their workers and keeping us involved in the conversation. Bella from many vids didn't tell anyone that they lost payment processing. That's not okay. She said that she did it because she didn't want to make people think that the sky was falling. But at the same time, you know, it's important for performers to know what's happening with their income sources. Those... Leo is rich because of people like us. They make all of their money off of us as workers, as performers, as creators. They need to keep us included in the conversation. That's what they need to take away, that we will stand together. We will fight for them if they're doing the right thing, of course. But when they're not treating the performers right and they're doing things wrong, we're going to be paying attention to that too. So I think that they need to understand and respect who we are as, as workers and that we are the vital part of their business. We are the reason why they even have a business. And I think more of them need to understand that. Mm -hmm. should, should performers move from OnlyFans to another platform or is this just something that's always going to kind of it's going to be a treadmill of platforms you're always going to have to move around so you might as well stay I think what performers really need to do is be on multiple platforms because you never know when something may happen we don't know what people are doing in the inner workings of different platforms I mean god Gabby Martino put out a video of herself as a child flashing her you know vagina on OnlyFans Nothing happened to her. She didn't get in trouble. She got humiliated for it, but that was about it. I can't stop her from doing that shit. 
I don't know what other people are going to do. So because we never know what other people are doing, even though we're doing the right thing and we're responsible adults, it is smart to have your content on multiple platforms if God forbid something happened. Because like with Pornhub, um, what happened to them was trash. It was absolute garbage. They have the lowest number of CSAM reports when it comes to Facebook and Instagram. No one's taking away Facebook's processing. No one is taking away the stores on Instagram. And so it's clear we're the target. And because we're the constant target, we need to be smart as creators, as business people of always having our hands on at least the major platforms. I'm not telling people to go to some platform they've never heard of because who knows what's going to happen with your information or with your content, but at least the bigger players just branch out because it's safer for you and your content. Mm -hmm. Well, Alana, I, I appreciate you like really getting to the weeds with us on all of this. And like I said, I know there's been a lot of panic and I'm, I'm sure, you know, fans of the show who follow their favorite performers are seeing inklings of this and and we're probably curious what was going on um do you happen to have like i know i know you're just hit up with all these this phone sex uh, <laughs> uh, but do you happen to have like another 10 20 minutes to talk about your favorite topic which is you? of course because you're you're a gamer you do the twitch thing which i i want to learn more about like how you incorporate your adult industry with twitch um as well as the i'm always 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 fascinated when i talk to some of y'all gals of of, a, of the older generation i hope that's okay to say but i always love to hear what's what you know the, about the differences of then and now that always fascinates me so do, could we do a little of bit of course that? where well, do we begin well, <laughs> Well, Patreon people, you're going to hear that tomorrow, uh, all my $5 and up fan whores. But for now, Elana, where can people find you, find your work, find APAG? You guys can get me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Alana Evans, XXX. Uh, get me on Twitch. I am Alana Evans, OnlyFans, Alana Evans, XXX, of course, and the union, uh, the Adult Performance Artist Guild. Our website is APAG, A-P-A-G, union.com, and the Twitter is the same. Fantastic. Everybody, please go check those out. I also have uh, uh, relevant links in the show notes to some of the things that we've been uh, referencing here. And for now, uh, for those folks, Alana, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, folks, you know, I hear people dig funny novelty t-shirts when someone's like in a time of need. So like I whipped up a silly little shirt that says vaccinated. Want to make out? Uh, if, if you want to go uh, pick up the you want to pick it up as a t-shirt, as a hoodie, as a uh, as a tank top, whatever floats your boat. I've got a red bubble link in the show notes uh, of this episode. I get uh, I get a percentage of any of those shirts or items that are uh, bought, and you know I'm trying to escape this basement in Bushwick, so could really appreciate it. Uh, so again, a link in the show notes for that. Um, are you following me on the places? I'm on the Tiki Talkie. I got there. I made the thing. Now come show up. I'm over there at the Billy Presida. If you have an OnlyFans and you want to share with your fellow creators, if you want to share with fans, uh, what this whole debacle meant for you, you can chime in yourself in the champagne room, which is our uh, not so secret discord server. You go to manwhorepod.com slash discord to gain access to that. Head on over to uh, the episode 373 channel 
and share your thoughts. Uh, and you can always send me your comments, your questions, uh, and all sorts of fun things via email to manhorpod at gmail.com. Last but certainly not least, don't forget, uh, Alana is going to have a bonus episode out tomorrow on the Patreon. That will be available for all $5 and up members uh, to gain access to that, as well as 200 bonus episodes. Over 200. Oh, I, I do so much for you people. I do so much for you. I love you that much. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast to gain access to that and more. Yeah, I know I promised y'all Hugh Ryan would be this week, but then there was a crisis with the fans only. So, you know, next week, okay, next week, we're going to get really gay in Brooklyn. Get ready for it. Stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manhorpod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manhor at checkout. <laughs>